I'm Pam Rogers, an attorney and a staunch Republican. I'm Mara Dolan, an attorney and a lifelong Democrat. And this is Going to Spirit, Politics and Crime with Pam and Mara. We may disagree on many subjects and topics discussed on this show, but our mutual respect for each other, our common experiences and the work that we do keeps us together. You may think you know the whole story, but you need to hear our rapid fire opinions from both sides. We aren't afraid to go there. We're going to spare it. Welcome back to the Going to Spare It podcast. We had such a good conversation with Democratic analyst Simon Rosenberg. We didn't want to cut him off at the two shows, and you're about to hear part two. Thanks for joining us. What issues or what, since, because we, we do, I mean, we're doing this podcast because we want to embrace like non-adversarial conversations and we want to yeah. like open up and just let anyone say what they want to say. But is there anything that you agree with Republicans on? Are there any specific issues where you're like, you know what, I agree with that? I've worked with Republicans on many issues here in Washington over 30 years. I went on Fox News for thousands of appearances unpaid to show that Democrats and Republicans could have civil conversations together. I lived, you know, it was important to me to do that. I never took a paycheck for that and took lots of abuse for it <laughs> many times. Uh, but it was, I felt it was important for our democracy. I, I think, look, I think my view about right now is that the Republican Party, the party of Lincoln and Reagan, has been overtaken by extremists and extremism. I don't think that's going to be the case forever, but I think it's today. And I think it's why my hope is in this election that we beat the Donald Trump by 10 points and that we make this a blowout election, the, the clear repudiation, not of Republicans, but of MAGA yeah. and of the direction the Republican Party has taken and that it helps, you know, more sensible Republicans reclaim their party back from the extremists and the grifters that have taken it over in recent years so that we have something more like a center-right party, again, a Charlie Baker Republican Party, not a of not a, um, you know, Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis Republican Party. I would love that. I think that would be great for the country. I think it would be good for Republicans. I think it'd be great for the country. And because we don't always get things right. We need, you know, we need a check on, on us and we need to be challenged. But but MAG is different, right? I mean, I think we what's motivating people and the reason Democrats are raising more money and have more volunteers than ever before, and we're performing at very high levels in these elections is that people feel that if we stumble once that our democracy yeah. could could go away and 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 that's not something that I want to get to a point that we're back to normal democrat republican debates right not if we stumble our democracy goes away debates and and I and I think it's and the truth is the republican party has been a, unable to stop maga and it's been us it's been the democrats that have stopped maga and and we're going to we have to keep doing it i mean joe biden got in to the presidential race as he, as you remember, because of Charlottesville, he said, "I this isn't the America that I know and love, and I'm going to fight to make sure we don't go in that direction. And I think we have, at least for now, where we have enormous common cause is around making sure our democracy prevails. I think that's where there's enormous opportunity for collaboration. I, I do work with the Lincoln Project guys and Bill Crystal, and I admire Liz Cheney. I praise Liz Cheney so much for her courage and patriotism. And right now, I think we're many of us are on the same team. We won't be someday, right? Um, but we're on the same team, which is America's team, and yeah. against against the disillusion of our democracy. And I think that's where we have to find ways to work together. And I'll just say one last thing, which is it was amazing to me in 2022 how many in, in places like Michigan, Nevada, and Arizona, 
you know, you had big chunks of very prominent Republicans endorsing Democratic candidates in an unprecedented way. I mean, the day that Gretchen Whitmer announced for governor, she had 150 prominent Republicans standing by her side at her announcement uh, fighting against a MAGA candidate. And I think this kind of temporary pro-democracy alliance that has stood, you know, stood, stuck together mm-hmm. is one of the most important developments for our democracy. And I really want to say on air with you right now, and I've said it millions of times, I'm so uh, admire the patriotism and courage of Liz Cheney and Bill Crystal and my dog is barking, sorry about that. And and all the other Republicans who've stood up and said, no, this isn't my where I the party of Lincoln and Reagan needs to go and are willing to stand up. So I've brought Bill Crystal onto my show. I've made a lot of space for never Trump or never MAGA Republicans in my work. And I do everything I can to praise them because I always say that I don't know that I can do what they do. I don't know that I, if my party yep. lost its way, I don't know that I could do it. Stay stuck with it. My son's taking care of my dog. I apologize. No, no, no. Uh, and, um, and so, so I, I think that's an area where, you know, we see where we have common cause. And, and I'll say one of the things that I think you've seen a lot of pushback in among Republicans in Washington against the more pro Putin uh, anti-Ukraine yeah, point yes. of view, right? Yeah. McConnell and when yeah. DeSantis sort of took that position. He got heavily criticized by Republicans. That was really important. And I, th- I think we have a lot of common ground on Ukraine, as you said earlier, I think, Pam, right? Is that, is that there is a lot of common ground there. And Simon, so I, I think there's a lot of places we could work together. Yeah. Simon, I just want to ask you one more question because we don't, we don't want to keep you. We just have a couple minutes left. Yep. The one thing that worries me, and I've said this on the show before, is a third party candidate. I've spoken on this show before about no labels. Joe Manchin is actually headed into New Hampshire to do a town hall sponsored by no labels. You've said that they're full of deceits and lies. Can you tell us just a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, the first we it's important to recognize that we have a whole series of candidates. It's not just one. I mean, we have the Jill Stein is back and. The campaign manager for Cornell West and the and the Green Party, we, which we can't discount, it had an impact last time. Robert Kennedy Jr. is doing whatever the hell he's doing, and he's acting like a pro-Putin, pro-MAGA guy who, you know, I think he's auditioning to be Trump's vice president so they can run as a bipartisan ticket. And and I think yeah. that that's we have to take that very seriously. I don't think anyone should discount what's happening with Robert Kennedy. And then the third the third one is no labels um, and. There are two fundamental lies that No Labels is built on. One is that that they actually have a chance of winning the election. That's not true. Uh, it's a joke. I mean, I think the, the absolute ceiling for their for No Labels is eight to ten percent of the electorate. I, I don't think it's any bigger than that. And particularly if it's Joe Manchin, by the way, I I have a hard time seeing any Democrat, disaffected Democrat, voting for Joe Manchin. He does. He has a profile that looks much more like a Republican than a Democrat. He actually may get a lot of Republican votes, right? Never Trump or never MAGA votes. I, I have a, I, we haven't really seen real polling data on this, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Manchin pulls more Republicans than Democrats mm. um, in 2024. But the other lie is the the foundational lie of no labels, which is the very first paragraph of this document they're releasing today, which equates the Democrat and the Republican Party as being the same. Yeah, right. And and I mean, how can you argue that Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the same and that the two parties represent the same values and that they're equally extreme and equally dangerous. It's so it is it is not something that a responsible moderate could say with a straight face. It's a Republican talking point. And it because what 
that argument does, it obscures the problems of the Republican Party and obscures all the successes of the Democrats. There's no Democrat, there's no, you know, no independent minded person could look at American politics to say today and say Joe Biden and Donald Trump are the same. And, and so I think that no labels is built upon two really foundational lies and they're deceitful. And I and what people have to recognize, they're untrustworthy. It's very unclear. You know, they have they're hiding their donors. Right. If this was a reform movement to fix American politics, why are they hiding all their donors? It's extraordinary. They're you know, they're all of their activity is hidden. It's very anti-democratic. Right. At its core, it's anti very anti-reform. Um, and, and even their agenda today, you know, when you read their agenda, you know, 85 percent of it lines up with Democrats. And so this idea that somehow they're presenting some kind of significant alternative to the Democratic Party is not true. And then finally, you know, we know that most of the donors of, of, that we know about, the ones that have been public, are Republicans. And I think it's, I think to me, what's happening here is the Republicans are leaving an option open of attacking Biden. You know, they created Jill Stein in 2016. Jill Stein was a creation, right, of... So Biden was attacked from the left. Now he's going to be attacked by Democrats, right? Using a super PAC that can take unlimited money, run $5 million, $500 million against Biden from a Democratic organization. Then he gets attacked by Trump and his super PAC and, and then Russia and all the foreign governments that have been working so hard to keep, you know, to keep Trump alive also come in, right? And so, and what they know is that, you know, Donald Trump is not going to be, able, you know, it's much more likely in my mind that Donald Trump gets 45% of the vote than 49% of the vote. He can't get a majority of the vote in the United States. And so they need to win as they won in 2000 and in 2016, uh, which is having a third party candidate whittle enough votes away from the Democrats that Republicans win without getting a majority. And that's that's how they've won the last two times. And so they're trying to do it again. Um, and I, you know, I worry, I worry, what I really worry about no labels, and I know a lot of the people involved in it, is that I think they're liars. I think they're chronic, they're, they're lying fundamentally about who they are, what their project is. And it's deeply disappointing because there are some serious people who I respect involved in this project. And I think it's, I think that as I wrote over the weekend, does Joe Manchin really want to be go down in history as Jill Stein? Is that after all this stuff? And, and that's because they can't get more than eight or 9% of the vote. It's not possible. There isn't an available audience for them. Um, and, and even though there was a poll showing that if you have an, un, you want to know how you know how low their ceiling is, right? In, in, in a poll where the, 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 the no labels candidate was described as a moderate independent, right? Which I don't know that Joe Manchin will be seen as a moderate by many people, um, a moderate independent, they only got 20% of the vote. And so their, their ceiling describing their opportunity in the most powerful way possible is 20%. My view is that once you start putting Manchin's name in or any of the other candidates, they're going to be at five, 6%. We're going to re people are going to realize this is a ridiculous, you know, similar to Jill Stein and Robert Kennedy. It's not a serious thing. And I think their I think their numbers will evaporate over time. But they and that's why their fundamental argument is that this is an attempt to win the election with this agenda. I, I think it's just ridiculous it's a ridiculous argument and and it's there isn't there isn't a third party lane in america you know the, donald trump's going to get 45 percent of the vote if he gets hit by a bus two days before the election you know joe biden's going to get 45 percent of the vote you know 
you know, even if he gets sick, I mean, they're, they're, that vote is locked in. I mean, the actual independent vote in America is eight, nine percent of the electorate. It's not 20 percent. And so I think it's built upon deceit and lies. I'm deeply disappointed. And I, I think that my own view is that they're going to walk away from this once we start getting real polling. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That the showing them at five, six percent. You know, who's going to do that? Right. I mean, who of these people, not Robert Kennedy, not Jill Stein, not Cornell West, but John Huntsman, you know, and Joe Manchin and whoever could be the candidate. Once there's real polling, not this bullshit polling that's been being you know, pushed around, but real polling showing them at five, six percent with a ceiling of eight or nine percent. I don't think they're going to do it. Because you and think I, they won't be able to get a candidate, because my view has always been they're going to do it. They have the money. They have so much money. They don't care. They'll do it for the fun of it. And I, you think I, they won't be able to get a candidate. I don't, I don't know. Or the candidate drops out because they don't want to be embarrassed. I, I don't right. think Joe Manchin wants to be Jill Stein. I don't think that's what he wants his role. I think that he's playing. There's delusion inside. There's polling. Look, I could create polling for you showing you that there's a lane for Joe Manchin. That polling is not true because what happens is that you have to do what's called an informed ballot. And in, so if you do, if you ask the question of moderate independent, you can get it up to 15, 16, 18 percent. You ask Joe Manchin, who is pro oil and gas, you know, has bucked the president on blah, 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 blah. Right. You you inform the electorate about what he actually stands for. My prediction is he gets to six, seven, eight percent in a three ballot race. I don't think I don't think Trump's going to fall below much 45. I think he's going to hold his and will. I think I don't know that we're going to fall below 49, to be honest. I don't know that there is. I don't I think our floor is actually very high in this election, as it has been in the last three elections. And so remember, here's another data point for you, is that since 2008, there have been four from from 1992. So since 1992. The Republicans had this incredible presidential run from 68 to 92, where they won mm -hmm. five out of six elections. Some of them were blowout elections. We struggled, right? We only won in 76 by 50.1%. But then in 92, things changed, and we had a new Democratic Party, Bill Clinton. We've won more votes in seven out of eight elections. It's the best popular vote run in American history. No political party has ever done what we've done in the last uh, out of the last eight elections. From 1992 to 2004, we averaged 47% of the vote. But since 2008 and Obama, we've averaged 51% in four elections. The last time we did that was in the 1930s and 1940s. So we're going through the best presidential run that we've had since FDR. And you know we are the majority party. I mean, the last four elections, it's been 51-46. This notion this is a center-right country is, complete, is completely ridiculous. And uh, based on just data, right? And and so we go into this election far more likely to hit 49, 50, 51, 52, even higher, right? And But so I think, long story short, is that I, I think what we have to remember about all these third-party candidates, none of them have any chance of winning. They're all acting as spoilers. Um, and it's not really clear we should be paying a lot of attention to them because they're not really deeply relevant to the election. And, and and I think as a Democrat, for your Democratic listeners, spend your time not worrying about Joe Manchin and things you can't control. Spend your time building up Joe Biden. Yeah. The stronger Joe Biden is, the less likely it is that they're going to be relevant in the election. And that's where we need to be spending our time uh, in the next year and a half.
Simon, would um, is Joe Manchin's Senate seat up in 2024? Yeah, and he's he's got a he's got a serious candidate running against him, and is you know uh, the current governor of West Virginia, and so Manchin may have been looking for something to do that gave him a way of ending his career. You know, as running for president and being up on stage, we all know there's probably not going to be presidential debates, right? Because Trump's not going right. to do them. So this idea that he was going to get on stage, I mean, the Republicans, the Republican Party has already taken a position where they're almost certainly not going to participate in the debates in 2024. Not Trump, but Ron and Romney McDaniel. So this idea that he gets up on stage, he gets to make his case, you know, that's not guaranteed. Right. And so I I just I think a lot of this, look, there's just a lot of noise in our system right now. Right. There's a lot of confusion coming out of a tough couple of years. Our democracy almost went away a few years ago. You know, it's been a bumpy time in the country, but we're we're getting to the other side of it. And I, you know, my hope is that things are going to settle down and all those Americans have been giving money and volunteering are going to be able to go back and coach Little League and hang out with their families and not you know, be worried about the country slipping away. And and I, I think we're getting, you know, Joe Biden ran to sort of say, I'm going to settle everything down again, right? And I think to a great degree, he has. It's not been perfect, right? He's not yeah. done everything well, but he's trying to get America back to a place where we have civil debate, like you guys are exhibiting, and where we're, not, we're Americans first and Republicans and Democrats second, and, and that we have this sense of common purpose, again, that we need to be successful as a country. I think we're closer to that in some ways today than we've been in a long time, even if it doesn't feel it right now, right? Even if it feels like it's rancorous and difficult, but, um, you know, we'll see. I, I my, Here's my forecast, because I don't predict the future. No one can predict it. Anyone who tells you they can predict the future, you should not have on your show, um, <laughs> is that, uh, but I can forecast. And I, my forecast is that it's more likely that we get to 55 and Trump gets to 45 than any other scenario next year. And Ooh. I think that would be the best scenario for the Republican Party, because then the dark grip of MAGA would start to be loosened and the Romney, Cheney wing, the Charlie Baker wing of the Republican Party would be able to start to force a bigger debate to try to retake their party. That would be the best thing for the country, be the best thing for Republicans. And let's hope that's where we are you know, in November of next year, which is that it's a blowout election, a Reagan style blowout, right? where the other party was repudiated, they didn't just lose. That blowout of the old Democratic Party is what created the modern Democratic Party, the new Democratic Party. Because uh, we, those of us who fought that failed party were able to say, hey, look, we keep getting our ass kicked. We got to go try something different. I think that Republicans are going to need some kind of really big repudiation of MAGA to be able to start winning these internal fights again, where they reclaim their part. The party of Lincoln becomes the party of Lincoln and Reagan again. And not the party of MAGA and Trump, and that's what I hope. And and um, you know that, and so that's why what I'm trying to do with my advocacy is to really challenge Democrats to think about not just winning the election, but getting to 55 percent. And remember, we got to 59 in Colorado, we got to 57 in Pennsylvania, we got to 55 in Michigan, 54 in New Hampshire, we got to 56 in Wisconsin just in in May. We're not all that far away from it when the opponent is MAGA. And so this is not a pie in the sky thing. I mean, this is a doable thing for us, but we have to have the vision, the ambition, some man on the moon kind of thing, right? Like we have to build a politics that allows us to get to 55. And to me, the most powerful way to get there is by maximizing the turnout of young people. And it's why, you know, if we can do that and, you know, I, I did a, 
it's on my opium site. But if you just change one thing in the 2020 election and you have young people vote at the same pop level of their population distribution, right, which is not a crazy thing, Biden wins by 10 points mm. in 2024. When you change one thing, everything else stays the same, right? You just mm. change this one thing, which is young people vote, under 45 year olds vote at the same level as their population distribution, not even above it. And Biden gains six points. That's where, if I'm a Republican, the thing that's keeping me up at night is what's going to happen with young people. Because the, if there is a massive youth vote, as there was in the battlegrounds of 2022, as there was in 2020, Trump's going to lose by an awful lot. And and that may be the best thing for America and, and the Republican Party. But we'll see. We'll see. I am I am one of those Republicans that is hoping that Trump is not our nominee. I just, so. listen, as somebody who does this for a living, right, I, it is certainly possible that he's not. I mean, he is in one of the strongest reelection positions of any candidate in modern American history. He's already had tests. Of, we've already learned he's a sexually assaulted a woman. He's been indicted for things. His numbers have gone up, right? I mean, DeSantis is, you know, DeSantis has lost half his support in the last few months. It's kind of, I mean, if you look at the data in the last few weeks, DeSantis is plummeting now. He's not just going down. It's like his, the pace of his fall. He's collapsing. We'll see what happens. And I just don't see, the challenge for you, Tim, is that, you know, can any Republican now bring the never MAGA, the Liz Cheney wing and the MAGA wing together to, fill, to you know, to build a coalition that can beat the Democrats. You know, can whoever win, whether it's, you know, uh, Glenn Youngkin, can he bring the MAGA can, or DeSantis, can they bring all the MAGA people along with Liz Cheney? Can you thread the needle there politically? The Republicans were unable to do that in 2022, right? Candidates were too MAGA. They lost badly in the battlegrounds. And I think there's, I don't know that MAGA can win a national election or the Republican Party with so much MAGA baggage, even if it's Glenn Youngkin, let's just say somehow, because I think DeSantis is in the process of being, he's in a, he's in a lot of trouble. Yeah, right? he's over. Yeah. He's, yeah, I'm not going to say that, but he's in a lot of trouble, right? So let's say Glenn Youngkin gets in and somehow Trump stumbles and, you know, and Youngkin somehow wins. How, if Trump doesn't endorse him? What happens, right? And and so I just think that from a if you just sit here and spent two hours with all your close Republican buddies, a scenario where you win, it's <clears throat> not a likely scenario, <laughs> you know, where you can paint all these things that have to go right. It doesn't mean it can't happen, right? Crazy things happen, like in 2016, something crazy happened. It can happen in our politics, but likely scenario, Biden's reelected by a comfortable margin. Republicans get beat badly. The House flips. The Senate is up for grab. The House will flip. If Biden wins, the House will flip back to Democrat. The Senate can go either way, right? I mean, the Senate is absolutely up for grabs. And we won't know, I think, the Senate until Election Day again, right? I think it's going to be because we have to win in Ohio, West Virginia, Montana, hard states to win in a presidential year. Um, and so the chance that the Senate could flip back to Republican, even if Biden won, right, is very possible. And so the Republicans may end up having one good thing happen on election day, right? Which is they may end up winning the Senate while we take the presidency in the House. I think my view is today the likely scenario is Biden's reelected comfortably, the House flips Democrat, 
the Senate is 50-50, could go either way. It depends on candidate performance and what happens on the ground. And we'll see where we are in six months, but that's where I think we are today. Well, Simon, you've been very generous, generous with your time. It's been <laughs> wonderful to have this conversation. I want folks to know you can continue to follow Simon Rosenberg. Subscribe on Substack to Hopium Chronicles. You can follow him on Twitter at SimonWDC and on threads at Simon underscore WDC. Thank you so much, Simon Rosenberg. Thank you. Thank Simon. you both. And thank you for keeping hope alive about civilized discourse <laughs> uh, in America. It's uh it needs to happen. We need more forums like this. And it's why it's an honor to be with both of you today. Oh, yeah. Thank you Thanks. so much. Thanks. Take care. Take care, everybody. Bye. Wow. He's great. He's great. I mean, he does the most informed analysis of where the parties are that I've ever heard. Yeah, it, it. I mean, really fascinating. I wasn't. I had read the Hopium Chronicles before he came on, just yep. so I could be informed as to who he was, and yep. and so I'd read a lot, and it was great. Um, I obviously disagree with him like ninety percent sure. of the time, right. um, but he's really fascinating, and and that's why we have these conversations, Mara. Right? It's like exactly we have these conversations so that people can become informed and that they can choose to listen. They could choose not to listen but we just want to foster this inclusive environment where everyone's voice is heard, whether you agree or not. Yes. And I appreciate having um, a Democrat in his position say what you know I've said many times, what I believe many times. We need a good, solid Republican party. The two part we need, we need to have two good, reasonable parties who are pro-America, pro-democracy. Um, and right now, Democrats don't feel like we have that from the current state of the Republicans. Right. But as a Republican, I think we do. Right. So I just right. see it completely differently. Yeah. Um, I obviously have a few concerns about some things that are going on in the party. Cause I don't think, I, I don't know about you, but I, I mean, as a Democrat, do you just look at your party today and just be like, everything's hundred percent fantastic. I love it all. I mean, I don't think anyone says that you're like, yeah, you know what, this is, we're doing so many things. Great. You know, I wish we would do this a little bit better or on this one issue, you know, I really am not there, but whatever. I mean, Right. Know. No, right. No, but yeah. right. It's like when Mike Capuano was on and he said, no candidate yeah. is going to be perfect. Yeah. No party is going to be perfect. You right. go with the one you think is best. And as we've said before, just get to the polls, vote for the candidate you think best. And then yeah. the majority wins. Right. Um, but I also I was was interesting when you were when he was talking about the different wings of the Republican Party. I was thinking you need a going disparate for just Republicans. So you have you know, one MAGA Republican and one non-MAGA. But I also wanted to mention that you've said a couple of times, you don't want Trump to be the nominee. Yeah. And the reason that you gave was the most compelling reason I've ever heard anyone give. Because you said, it's all about him. It's not about the issues that are impacting the people in this country. His campaign has become entirely about him. Right. And I, I felt in 2016, because I loved him. I mean, yeah. I still love him. Don't get me wrong. I know, I, I know, I know. I, I mean, in 2016, I felt he was like this, a breath of fresh air, right? There's something yep. different, something exciting, someone yep. who wanted to blow up Washington in a sense, like, you know, and that was great. And I loved it. Fantastic. I thought I did a great job. I obviously desperately wanted him reelected in 2020, was completely disappointed when he didn't get um, reelected. But now we're, we're almost eight years into this process, right? With him and with all of the trouble that's surrounding him yeah. with litigation that he has to fight, 
Um, you know, the constant fighting with the press. I, I do not like a candidate that, um, really disparages another candidate. I mean, if you want to get up on the debate stage and say, listen, you know what, you were the governor of this state and you did this and that really stunk, you know, and that was horrible. You want to talk about their policy, their positions. That's great. I'm just not into name calling. Uh, It should not be about the actual candidate themselves. Right. And that's where I'm like with Trump. It's like, I've said this before. Thank you so much. I love you. You've done a wonderful job. You can exit the building now, right? Like it's yeah. it, it's good. We're gonna just we're just gonna start fresh. Um, yeah. And I know, and and like I said, if he is the nominee, I will obviously vote for him. But I really, I mean, I get to listen to so many different candidates here in New Hampshire, and so many people have just so many interesting ideas. And I, I just, I just wish there's other voices that were being heard. No, I, I think that's a great perspective. And, probably, you know, the fact that you are in New Hampshire and you do hear from so many candidates, because that's what New, that's what happens in New Hampshire. Even now, you have a much broader perspective. I'm sure there are a lot. And there may be a lot of folks out there like you, Pam, who just haven't heard from the other candidates as much, which is why it's so important to hear their voices. And we welcome them to the show. Yes, we do. And And, and again, they're a little hard to get, but we're in the process of Working with some of these campaigns to get them on, but they are a little like, it's a a little hard, but we're working on it. Yeah, we are. But this has been a great show. It's been wonderful to have Simon Rosenberg. Um, Subscribe to Hopium Chronicles. Seriously, his analysis is better than anyone's. Interesting. Um, Very interesting guy. Yeah. And it's been great to have you with us. You found us. We'd like you to help other people find us by going to whatever your podcast platform is, whether it's Spotify or iTunes or iHeartRadio, and subscribe to Go and Disparate and give us a five-star review. And you can follow us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Insta at Go and Disparate and email us. Let us know what you think. Pam and Mara at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all. And remember, this is your place for stress-free politics and where your political adversary may end up being your best friend someday. It can happen to you. See you next time. Bye. Hey, Mara. You know that people are constantly complimenting me on my beautiful hair color and my youthful-looking skin. I tell them that not only do I work with a really talented master hair colorist and a super experienced aesthetician, I use Monate hair care, skin care, and wellness products. Monate products are naturally based, reliant upon natural sources for their key ingredients, unique formulas, and proven benefits. Monate considers it their duty to protect their source, which is the beautiful world in which we live. I love these products so much that I decided to sell them so that others can enjoy their amazing benefits. Check out my store at pamelarogersesq.mymonate.com. That's P-A-M-E-L-A-R-O-G-E-R-S-E-S-Q dot M-Y-M-O-N-A-T dot com. The Monate movement encompasses not only innovative hair care, skin care, and wellness products, but a genuine dedication to helping others build beautiful lives. Each month, I'm going to be giving away an amazing Monate product. So go to our website, which is goingdisparate.com, join our mailing list, and a lucky monthly winner will be selected.
Again, you can check out my Monate store at PamelaRogersESQ.MyMonate.com. See you guys soon.